0: So Mark chapter 9 verse 1. <clears throat> and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death, so they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Now after six days Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so, it, so as no fuller on earth can white them. There appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked round about, they saw no man any more, save Jesus only with themselves. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. And they kept that saying with themselves, questioning one with another, what the rising from the dead should mean. And they asked him saying, why say the scribe that Elias must first come? And he answered and told them, Elias verily cometh fast and restoreth all things. And how it is written of the Son of Man, that he must suffer many things, and be set at naught. But I say unto you, that Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh them, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth, gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, Straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times hath cast him into the fire, and into the waters, to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And they departed thence, and passed through Galilee, and they would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples, and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down, and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. And he took a child, and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not. For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and you were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter into halt, into life, to enter halt into life, and having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched where thy worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where thy worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. Um, Brother Alex, do you mind praying for
1: the. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to focus on verse 28 and 29 of what we just read. Mark 9, 28 and 29. And the Bible reads and when he was come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could not we cast him out and he said unto them this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting and the title of my sermon today is the power of fasting the power of fasting so if we back up to verse 14 so back up to verse 14 and this story is also relayed in Matthew 17, Luke 9, although there's, not, there's no explanation of the fast in Luke 9. Um, and it's definitely an important bit of scripture, being in three Gospels here. Um, okay, verse 14, we see. We see the disciples here. When he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. So the disciples are surrounded. The scribes are questioning them. OK, jump to verse 16. And he asks the scribes, what question ye with them? So Jesus turns it around. He's questioning the scribes now. And one of the multitude answers instead. And we see in verse 17, he says And one of the multitude answers said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit he says in verse 18 that he's been he says and wheresoever he takes him he teareth him and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away and I spoke to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they could not so he says that you know he's asked his disciples he's told them to cast him out they can't now tearing is basically he's wounding him um, he's grieving him that's pineth you, you sometimes hear of dogs pining don't you he's grieving then in, in verse 22 if you jump forward to verse, verse 22, he says, And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he says here, if thou canst do anything. He says if. And, and Jesus said, uses that terminology, verse 23, he says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Okay, so verse 24, he chooses to believe, doesn't he? He says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said, With tears, Lord, I believe help thou mine unbelief and and that's an emotional verse there isn't it verse 26 and the spirit cried a rent him so and came out of him because obviously jesus cast him out and he was as one dead in so much that many said he is dead um and it, obviously it's called a dumb and deaf spirit here so this spirit is um the spirit's not dumb and deaf, is it? The spirit is causing this dumb and deaf response in the person that, that, that he's, he's inside. Now, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. Then he arose. And I see that as a picture of salvation there. Um, and when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said to them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So we see the power of prayer and fasting there. Okay, so why fast? Why fast? Well, it clearly has power alongside prayer, doesn't it? And and we see many examples in scripture fasting. I, I see it like you know, it's kind of like the special move, isn't it? Um, I, I know I like to hear some of the analogies of computer games ones, because when I was young, I used to play these games. I think about that like, when you got that special move and you've got it up your sleeve, maybe you can use it a certain amount of times. Um, I, I think thinking as well with some sports, for example, any of you may, maybe play football, um, you know some some people will have a good little move a good little trick and and i've found with sports that i've done i might have something up my sleeve and then i don't end up using it for whatever reason it's i mean when i used to spar a lot or maybe when i compete i'll be thinking oh, i'm going to use this move and i just would never use it and it is it, it is a powerful tool that we have um i think as well kind of an analogy it's like the nitro boost you know some of you may be guys that like those sort of movies about cars or used to or uh, think about these kind of souped up cars go I I use it as a joke when I go running with the kids sometimes on their bikes and at the end I say right I'm gonna press the nitro boost I try and race them back and um, but I tell you what it does need recharge that nitro boost a bit like fasting as well now if you met a demoniac like this boy would you even try fasting and, and there are people that display similar behavior to this in life and I've come across them and I know the world will call them this and that and then just try and drug them and pretend like they've got this special drug that solves that situation really it's just some form of, of really an anesthetic to some um to some degree is it So, it's or or it's the sort of drug which basically just stops them really thinking too much and just slows them down well um we know okay not all craziness is possession there's something to think about there as well because we can often just look oh they must be they must be possessed and and there are many reasons there can be physical issues there can be hormonal issues etc but um you know in the bible there's plenty of cases of this how often would we fast what if it was a family member what if it was a family member that we really want to get saved and we say i've tried to give him the gospel how often are we fasting for them how often are we fasting and praying for that family member and of course yeah we're talking about here he's talking about this kind talking about this particular spirit but i believe that this is an analogy for hard times in life for for hard situations for 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 problems we come across. Remember, we're in a spiritual battle. We we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Um, How often are we are we fasting when we're coming up against these sorts of these sorts of problems, these sorts of issues? Um, Now, it's not often preached about. I I haven't heard a lot of preaching on fasting. It's something I've wanted to preach about, and so I decided I wanted to study this out. Look at all the verses I could find in the Bible that talked about fasting. if you turn to Matthew nine, fourteen to fifteen. So Matthew nine and verse fourteen. And the Bible says in verse fourteen, Matthew nine fourteen. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away this shall be taken from them and then shall they fast shall they fast jesus does expect us to fast mm-hmm. um now of course there are exceptions so you know when you're pregnant nursing i would say that would be pretty difficult probably not advised to fast is young children i wouldn't necessarily recommend that i don't know about you guys and my kids seem to want to eat every hour or two um health problems if you've got health problems where fast would be a problem then then i don't think god expects that there but jesus does say then shall they fast about his children now How to fast then, how do we fast? We see a range of fasting in the Bible from daytime fast, day fast, three days, seven days, 14 days, 21 days, and of course the famous 40 day fast. Um, And we'll see some of these shortly, but there is an example of all of these in the Bible. Um, We see both water only fast, so they're fast when you're drinking water, but you're fasting, you're not eating anything, um, and complete fast, uh, but I'd say the more common one seems to be when you're still drinking water, the water only fast. If you're thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying fast. You've never fasted. I would suggest maybe start with the daytime one or the one day one. Fasting can be tough at the beginning. Um, Now, it sounds obvious, but turn to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 7. Okay, Zechariah chapter 7 and verse number 5. Speak unto all the people of the land and to the priests, say, when ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even though 70 years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? So when you fast, make sure that you're fasting to God. So make sure you're fasting to God. So what do I mean? Fast for weight loss. Now, OK, it might sound obvious. Sickie. Well, of course, you know, if I'm fasting, I'm saying well, I'm fasting to lose weight. That's not fasting to God. Yeah, but how many people and I don't know I don't know how many people fast, of course we'll talk about that in a minute. Probably everyone knows those verses about not telling everyone when you're fasting, but how many people here are thinking, Yeah, yeah, I'll fast to God but in the back of their mind they're thinking and I'll lose a bit of weight at the same time as well. Okay. Is that what's your what's your real motive? What's your real motive? We should be fasting to God. So weight loss, intermittent fasting, isn't fasting to God. Okay, that's not spiritual fasting. And there's a big thing with intermittent fasting, obviously as well. Being in ketosis, ketosis isn't fasting to God. Um, maybe it's fasting for better skin. Maybe in your mind you're like, yeah, 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 fast. To God, but I'm going to do better out of it with my skin. Maybe, maybe it's a bit of a detox. Um, fast to be feeling more spiritual if i fast i'm going to feel like this i'm going to feel you know like i'm a real spiritual guy or fast for fast for health reasons and there's other reasons why people fast aren't there and that, that made me think of something as well is a juice fast I don't consider that a fast. I don't consider that a biblical fast. Um, some people do. Some people think that if they're only drinking juice, well, there's a lot of sugar, as we know, in juice. And for me, there's, no, there's nothing like it. I know if I drink a sugary drink, I can probably forgo eating for quite a while afterwards. Um, I don't consider that a biblical fast. If anyone wants to show me a verse afterwards, where that is great. Um, okay, First Corinthians seven. First Corinthians seven. verse 5 defraud ye not one the other except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that satan tempt you not for your incontinency now obviously he's talking about husbands and wives here um but it's a good it's a good point to make that fasting is about abstaining it's about denying the flesh so obviously there's a rule there there's an example there that if you're fasting don't then be engaged in a physical relationship with your spouse during that fast but but it's it it it, it goes further i think that it's explaining as well what that fast is for because the fast is about denying the flesh it's about really that spiritual battle between the flesh and the spirit and 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 denying the flesh to allow the spirit to control you more and allow the spirit to, to take over more in your life at that time and, and there's reasons we're going to see for fasting and why we do that Um turn to Isaiah 58 and we're going to see how not to fast as well there Isaiah 58 okay from verse 3 Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labours. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high so how not to fast and that's faster for debate so fasting to be able to tell you what i remember one of the first times I ever fasted, i can tell you about this one because i know i ain't getting no rewards for it because i remember fasting and myself and my wife were like right we're gonna fast with been reading our bibles we're gonna fast and we ended up in a row about who was gonna make the kids food because <laughs> we were hungry i think at this point she might have given up and i was like you need, i'm still trying to fast and, and it was just weird just debating and, and getting annoyed and it's obviously in the wrong spirit completely um but when you when we're fasting it shouldn't be for, the, for it shouldn't be fasting and it says here when he says here in, in verse three "Hold in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labours. so they're meant to be fasting and instead they're going he's going about trying to get money owed or, or work owed to him for how i see that um pleasure going and doing other things a so fasting is something that you're doing to god and you should be focusing on god during that time as well um and then going about during this fast and smiting with the fist of wickedness he talks about in verse four fast for strife and debate um to be, for your voice to be heard on high and again i think that's when you're puffed up and trying to show everyone you're fasting okay so how to fast verse five is it such fast that i have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? So bulrush is, is I think, one of those drooping plants. Um, To bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Wilt thou call this a fast and and an acceptable day to the Lord? So again, it's saying here that the fast is about, it's about afflicting the soul. And I'll show you a verse on that in a second. So there's a variety of lengths of fast We've seen that. Um, It's usually... Usually drinking water. Okay, we need to make sure that we're fasting to God is staying from a physical relationship with with our spouses at the time um, It's a solemn thing and turn to Matthew 6 Matthew 6 verse 16 It's a bit of a Bible study today, but I find it interesting anyway um, Matthew 6 verse 16 moreover when ye fast be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast verily i say unto you that they have their reward but thou when thou fastest anoint thine head and wash thy face okay so we're not fasting to be seen of men or, or there's no reward the bible says in verse 16 verse 17 it says try not to so it says but thou when thou fast anoint thine head and wash thy face so we should be trying not to appear as though we're fasting And we live in a world, don't we? We live in a world where virtue signaling is massive. And uh, I've been, so my, my sister, she's been sending me screenshots of people we both know have you seen any of this oh, i'm not on facebook these these people with their vaccine c- certificates and they're taking pictures and they're going doing doing it from a fellow man or, or or taking one for the team or whatever it is and they, i mean these vaccine guys they're not silly are they so they realize they can sell it on the basis that people are so they they've got such a desire to show people what good people well, they're not really are they but what good people they want to appear to be that now these guys are, are getting vaccines just to show people that they a vaccine and what a good person they are and how much they care about everyone else and and the virtue signaling we're around it a lot and we have to be careful of that and obviously with fasting obviously in all parts of our spiritual life as well we should not be doing it to be seen of men and that's something we all need to need to think about a lot and it can we can be subtle with that and 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 the heart is is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked isn't it and and we could subtly subtly just just maybe slip in the odd thing and i'm not saying everyone does that but there, there could probably be a temptation just to slip in you know maybe a little comment just to show that you've been fasting or or maybe choose to fast on a day when you're around other people a lot oh no 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 no, no, no i'm fine you know for food and everyone's thinking probably fast, but at least he's not telling them but everyone knows that you are and you probably know that they know as well so things like that to think about when you're fasting um in verse 17 it, it does say um it, it says, "But thou, when thou fastest, no, not here to wash thy face. Sorry, verse actually, that Thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So don't lose your rewards. And obviously, if you're fasting around your family, you don't have to then get deceitful. Oh, I'm just not hungry. Oh, I'm not feeling very well. No, of course, there are people that have to know your wife and wives, your husbands, um, kids." you know again if your kids are there you don't need to lie to them pretend you're not but um but you shouldn't be aiming to be telling people and showing people that you're fasting okay turn to matthew 15 another thing to think about when fasting matthew 15 and verse 32 then jesus called his disciples unto him And said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days, and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. So be sensible when you're fasting so if people are going away from me thinking yeah, i want to add fasting or i want to do more fasting or i want to continue what i'm doing with fasting be sensible about it as well like don't go on long hikes when you're fasting especially if you're fasting for days at a time training as well there's a bit of a you know a lot of people who do exercise there's a bit of a thing where people like to to train on an empty stomach that's all good now I, I, like i've said a few times i've coached for many years and a lot of people they they don't have Lousy when they're training, when they haven't eaten for a long time. And it's one thing, first thing in the morning, but I've had people come and it's, they've been fasting for whatever health reason that they're choosing to do it or weight loss. And a lot of the time they're pretty, pretty useless at uh, the explosive stuff, especially. Now, Okay, I'm not saying you're all out there thinking, "Oh, I'm going to fast and go and do this," but but on the same hand, be sensible about what you're doing. Again, it should be aimed towards God, not just fasting and going about with with your day, etc. Um, it should be something that you're, that you're focusing on God with. Okay, so um, Luke, turn to Luke 18. Luke 18. okay verse 11 the Pharisee stood and prayed thus for themselves God I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners unjust adulterers or even as this publican I fast twice in a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. So we should not be fasting and then getting puffed up about the fact that we fast. And again, it seems pretty obvious, but again, like our hearts are wicked. And we can easily, I think, we start fasting and then we're praying to God, oh, what a good guy I am. Maybe we won't say those words, but we start to think it, don't we? And um, So we should not be getting puffed up from, spa- from, from fasting. Do not do it in the wrong spirit. And... It, it, thinking about that, if you turn to Psalm 35, yes. Psalm 35, and verse 13. But as for me, when when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. And my prayer returned into mine own bosom. So we should be humbling ourselves by fasting. We shouldn't be getting puffed up because we fast, um, and we should be drawing close to God through the Spirit. Okay. So final point on how to fast. And these are just some good guidelines, good things to think about about how to fast. Um, turn to Acts twenty-three. verse 14 and they came to the chief priests and elders and said we have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain paul don't fast as some kind of oath now these guys i'd love to see what happened a few weeks later do you reckon most of them started eating again or I don't know, maybe some of them died of, 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 of hunger. But um, yeah, obviously don't make some sort of money. That sounds pretty obvious, again, okay, a bit of a funny one, but um Maybe some people might sit there and think, I'm going to promise God that I'm going to do this length fast, I'm going to do this. And it's not about oaths, is it? James 5 12 says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Okay, so we've seen a variety of lengths. Um, we've seen often their water fast. Make sure that your fast. Um, So I've said often that we'll see that in a minute. Make sure that you're fasting to God. Abstain from a physical relationship with your spouse. It's a solemn thing. Don't advertise it. Be sensible with what you're doing while you're fasting. Don't get puffed up. Don't make fasting oaths. Okay. so reasons for fasting. Reasons for fasting. Number one, the reason I've seen when I've looked at all these fasts in the Bible is seeking forgiveness. Seek forgiveness. So if you turn to Leviticus 16, turn to Leviticus 16. Okay, verse 29, Leviticus 16, 29. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or stranger that sojourneth among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. And a priest whom he shall anoint and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's father's stead shall make the atonement and shall put on the linen clothes even the holy garments okay so the day of atonement is known as and afflicting souls if you turn to psalm 69 afflicting souls and he uses similar language here is i believe fasting in 69 verse 10 When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. So afflicting, chastening your soul. And the result is to be close again to God. And that was the idea of the Day of Atonement. Um, If you turn to Isaiah 59... The bible says but your iniquities verse 2 but your iniquities have separated between you and your god and your sins have hid his face from you that you will not hear and we know that sins can block block that, that our prayer life make it make it so god god won't hear us and fasting is a way of asking for that forgiveness to start that clean slate again um, And of course we're not talking about salvation here um turn to first samuel 7 <clears throat> 1st Samuel 7 and verse 3 and Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel saying if ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts and put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Baalim and ashtaroth and serve the lord only and samuel said gather all israel to Mizpe, and i will pray for you unto the lord and they gathered together to Mizpe, and drew water and poured it out before the lord and fasted on that day and said there we have sinned against the lord and samuel judged the children of israel in mizpi okay so again there we see that that The the fast is for forgiveness. The length there is a one day water, I think, if you look at verse six, because it says they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. So I believe so. This is a food and water fast um, before the Lord and fasted on that day. And the result if you just jump to verse 10 the result of this fast they're asking for forgiveness and as samuel was offering up the burnt offering the philistines drew near to battle against israel against israel but the lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before israel so we see here that they're praying for forgiveness and the result then is a victory and we could see that as a spiritual victory for us just a couple more of these if you turn to first kings 21 first Kings 21 okay now this is King Ahab and if you guys know your Bible King Ahab was a wicked wicked king now in first Kings 21 we see in verse 25 but there was none like under Ahab which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord whom Jezebel his wife stirred up and he did very abominably and following idols according to all things as did the amorites whom the lord cast out before the children of israel and it came to pass when ahab heard these words that he rent his clothes but put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly and the word of the lord came to elijah the tishbite saying "Seest thou how ahab humbleth himself before me because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. So we see Ahab fasting for forgiveness, and then the result is no punishment, which, he, I mean, he was due a lot, Ahab. No punishment, at least in his days. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 1. Just a couple more of these guys. Nehemiah chapter 1. And verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that that Hanani, one of the brethren, came... He and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass so when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which i pray before thee now day and night for the children of israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of israel which we have sinned against thee both i and my father's house have sinned we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant moses so he's again praying for forgiveness yes i'm not saying it's just fastest praying and fasting here now this is a one day i think this is uh sorry uh, it doesn't say how long this is but the result we see is no punishment in his days at least we see the result here um not only no punishment but the result is the king allows him to go and rebuild the wall and as we say it just says length certain days of the fast so we're just seeing these different fasts we're seeing people wanting forgiveness seeing different results at the end um there's a couple more here and we won't turn there we see in joel chapter 2 um we see we see again fasting for forgiveness followed by forgiveness and jonah 3 again many people probably know jonah chapter 3 verse 1 to 10 we use it a lot when we're soul winning with people with the repent of your sins problem and again praying for forgiveness and the result is god repents of the evil that he's going to do and that one's a food and water fast okay so reasons for fasting seeking forgiveness now number two number two another reason for fasting is when we're suffering tribulation, okay, suffering tribulation. Turn to Judges 19, Judges 19. Okay, so the background here in, from Judges 19 is this Levite from Mount Ephraim, he goes to bring home his concubine who's run off, yeah? And decides not to lodge the night in the Jebusite city, but instead thinks he'll be better off in Gibeah, which belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. Right, he's got nowhere to stay, and an old man also from Mount Ephraim lets him stay with him. So if you read um, 19, look at verse 22 here. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man do not so vile a thing. But the men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her lord was till it was light. And the Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up and let us be going. But none answered. Then the, then the man took her up upon an ass and the man rose up and got him into his place. And when he was come into the house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done, nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto um, this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Right, verse 22. These men are called certain sons of Belial. Okay, and Belial is just another name for Satan. And these people, this is where we have to make it clear. And I find it interesting. These people. These people are our enemies and we, we often we focus on verses and we, we you know, write your verses like Leviticus 20, 13 and others, but these people are sons of Belial and, and when you start to understand that and really get to grips with that, you start to realise why this is such a big deal, what's going on right now. And, you know, I got a bit fired up last week, I was after and I'm sure a lot of people did when we heard what happened to, to Pastor Mahia's church. and and you're you're looking at this stuff and you you're getting angry aren't you and, and i'd already had in my mind i wanted to preach on fasting i'd already started making some notes on it and i was quite pleased when i came across this passage because um it's something that that i, I want to preach on a little bit as well and um, um we see so turn to chapter um uh, sorry t- yeah turn to chapter 20 the tribes of israel get together okay a tenth of each one okay read verse 12 to 14 here and the tribes of Israel sent men through, through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is it, this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from, uh, evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. And the children of Benjamin were outnumbered, at that time, out of the cities twenty six thousand men that you saw, beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered seven hundred chosen men. Okay, so God's people, Benjamin, God's people, start defending these evil, evil, wicked, disgusting people, and we're seeing that right now. I don't know if you've noticed, but I was looking at what what's been going on, looking at some of the videos, and I don't know if any of you have read the comments. But there are some wicked so-called Christians on there that are trying to claim that they'll give the old well, yeah, yeah, it's wrong that they bombed a church, but but you this or you that it's like pick a side pick a side these are the sons of Billy. it's not just that it's oh it's a sin that we don't really like oh it's just a sin punishable by death for example like adultery no this is worse these people are described as, as our enemies they are our enemies yeah. and these people are, are are trying to bully and trying to trying to intimidate men of God and then you've got so-called Christians trying to trying to basically say well you know that's fine or they had it coming or whatever else S- same like Benjamin they're not willing are they? they 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 want to support they want to defend these people and they're not willing to choose a side or they are choosing a side and they're choosing the wrong side aren't they and there's only two sides in it. there's no on the fence there's no in the middle who's your side going to be there is it the children of satan the sons of satan or is it is it god's people and, and i think for all of us and it's not i'm not just preaching about no one in, in particular because for all of us we need to think about this as well because we are we are if we, we're going to become a church here and we're gonna we're gonna have grief there is no doubt at some point we are going to have grief for sure and we need to decide and not just here we're gonna have grief in our personal lives as well and i don't know how how often you guys have to deal with these scumbags in, in your life uh for me fortunately a job that i was doing while i used to be around it a little bit more I don't see that so much now but you still come across them and you've got to choose a side And that includes family members I don't know how many of you have family members we were children, sons of Belial but you've got to make that decision to cut off to split from them make it clear don't be a compromiser don't be sitting on the fence well you know, they're not so bad or well they're not protesting outside churches they may not be protesting outside churches, but they're still doing the work of the devil. They're still his people. They're still his children. And we need to decide. Now, I'm not saying you have to, every time you go in a shop, start, you know, causing rows and having fights with people, people who are clearly, clearly these people committing these sins and clearly what the bible describes here but on the flip side you should be there trying to be buddying up with people they go oh I'll just get on with that one or maybe in your place of work well as long as we get on as long... no you need to make it clear you needs to be a separation there because of what we believe what the bible says and the bible's really clear on this and obviously it's come at the same time there's been a great documentaries come out as well and and it's made it so clear hasn't it what we're up against right now and the devil he's not messing about he he is completely saturated our cultures with this stuff where it it is it is harder i believe as a man of god there's more of a challenge for us to stand up and to say to people what we believe what we believe is that these people are wicked they're evil they're disgusting we don't want them near us and we don't want them near especially not near our children we don't want them near us we don't want to be around and we don't want to just try to get on or anything else take a side and make a stand okay and In this in this passage, the Lord sends Judah to fight them. We read in verse twenty one of chapter twenty, and the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day twenty and two thousand men. And the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves to set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the brother of Benjamin, my brother? And The Lord said, Go up against him. The children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Bedra went forth against him out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel, again, 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. OK, so the Lord here is allowed tribulation at the hands of evil, vile men and their supporters. And. It can be a bit confusing to think, well, why are they losing here until you carry on reading? Why does that happen? And why, for example, has the Lord allowed for, for a church to be bombed? Um, just absolutely amazing, isn't it? What these what these people will do, their hatred for God and for his people. But, but God allows tribulation. God will even allow tribulation to hands these people. But there's a result, isn't there? What's the result that comes from what's happening here? Okay, verse 26 then all the children of israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of god and wept and sat there before the lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the lord and and Penahas, the son of eliezer the son of aaron stood before it in those days saying shall i yet again go out to battle against the children of benjamin my brother uh, my brother or shall i cease and the lord said go up for tomorrow i will deliver them into thine hand so the lord through this persecution or through this tribulation through them losing these first two battles he draws them closer he draws them closer where now they're fasting they're praying to god And they're humbling themselves before God. Because there was a lot of them. They could have just gone and slaughtered them. But God's used this. He's drawn them closer. And then the result, verse 40 is a highlight. Verse 40, but when the flame began to rise up out of the city with a with a pillar of smoke the benjamites look behind them and behold the flame of the city ascended up to heaven and that's a nice similarity with sodom there as well isn't it and we see the flame rising up of the city and these these people are these people are burning in that city verse 41 and when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities, they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjaminites round about and chased them and trod them down with ease over against Gibeah toward the sunrising. And there fell of Benjamin 18,000 men, all these Were men of valor so the supporters of these evil men you take that side you choose to go on the side to take the side of uh, of these people take the side of the sodomites you choose that and eventually you're going to be destroyed now sure i'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation or anything else but your life's not going to go well you have to make a stand and again we're seeing this aren't we're seeing people we're seeing so-called churches just just weak as anything at the least just basically Taking sides, taking the sides of these yeah. people. Oh, they're welcome in our church. We see, obviously this is covered a lot in that documentary. Well, the Bible says here those, those Benjamites, they are nearly wiped out. If you go on to read that further, uh, they end up they end up taking pity on them and trying to give them trying to find women for them to to be able to keep the tribe of Benjamin going because they're nearly completely wiped out, having taken the wrong side and making a stand for the wrong for the enemies of God. And again, like I say, for for everyone here. I, I don't know how, how it goes in your lives. I, I, I hope and pray that when we get grief here, that everyone will stand stand with me or stand all together on this because it's, it is going to happen eventually. No doubt it's going to happen and we're going to stand strong in this. But, but I don't know what goes on in your private lives. I don't know what goes on with your family members, with your old friends, with whatever it is. And you need to make sure you're making a stand because because it won't go well if you don't. If you take the wrong side, you try and stand somewhere in the middle, it's not going to go well for you. Okay, so a couple more examples. If you turn to Second Chronicles 20. So 2 Chronicles 20. And verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Am- Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying there cometh a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side Syria and behold they being in Hazazontar, Tamar, sorry, which is Engedi, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. The Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So another example here where with, with tribulation coming, they choose to fast, they fast, and, and they're in fear, but they're fasting to seek the Lord. And then the result, if you read verse 13 here, to fourteen, And all Judah stood before the Lord, their little ones, their wives, their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeriel, the son of Metani, Metaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Okay, so the Spirit comes upon them. And then in verse 23, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Utterly to slay and destroy them, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. So here we see we see that the armies kill each other, and then afterwards we see they end up gathering this great, almighty spoil. And again, it was they they were seeing tribulation coming. They chose to pray and fast. Um, and again, a couple more examples which we don't have to turn there. Ezra chapter eight. We see them praying for guidance and protection. Um, the result is they get to Jerusalem safely. Um, but turn to 1st Samuel 31, 1st Samuel 31, okay, verse 11, And when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Beth-shan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. That's a seven-day fast here, and this is obviously in mourning. And we see we see that as well in, in other places as well with a morning fast. But it is mourning is tribulation. So they're choosing a fast, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe when you're when you're really mourning, and we're all going to go, and we all have been through deaths of loved ones, and um, maybe fasting isn't a bad idea because we know the Holy Spirit can comfort us, and and. Again, I think a good reason. It's a time of tribulation. A good reason to be fasting. Um, what's the result of that? Well, in if you turn to Second Samuel and verse twelve, we see Second Samuel twelve fifteen. Second Samuel twelve, and verse fifteen. And Nathan departed unto the house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted, and went, in, and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not eat, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? So here we see that that there's a food fast we see in verse 17 because he neither did he eat bread and it's for seven days now the result if you look at verse 19 here but when david saw that his servants whispered david perceived that the child was dead therefore david said unto his servants is the child dead and they said he is dead that david arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the lord and worshipped Then he came to his own house and when he required they set bread before him and he did eat Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba his wife, and went in unto her, and lay with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. So, the result here from fasting during this, this terrible time in his life is an acceptance that we can only hope to have in a situation like that. But he's then able to comfort his wife, and later on, they're blessed with Solomon but he's fasted so instead of fasting oh he's fasting during that time and then he just has this acceptance that wow i mean what what an example to be like that in a time like that so reasons for fasting we've got seeking forgiveness suffering tribulation okay number three serving god so reasons for fasting serving god we see fasting before a great work for god in the bible if you turn to daniel 9 daniel chapter 9 verse one in the first year of darius the son of ahasuerus of the seed of the medes which was made king over the realm of the chaldeans in the first year of his reign i daniel understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the lord came to jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of jerusalem and i set my face unto the lord god to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes so it's to seek understanding there he he's seeking by prayer and supplication with farcest sackcloth and ashes, and the result, verse twenty-one to twenty-two, is an example. Yeah, was i was speaking to pray and the man gabriel whom i'd seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly touched me about the time of the evening oblation and he informed me and taught me and said oh daniel i am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding so another good reason for fasting when you're gonna now he's about to a great work there he, he's written down so you know a lot of prophecy obviously we get from from daniel end time prophecy but um again for us maybe in life a good time to fast when you're finding really hard understanding certain passages of the bible or like i said when you're about to do a great work for god and see a few of these in a second what a time to fast and not just forgiveness tribulation but serving god if you look at luke chapter 2 luke chapter 2 verse 36 And there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asa. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. So this lady is well over a hundred. So she was married for only seven years and a widow for eighty four years. So she served God with fastings and prayers. And the result, verse 38, And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. I think she's soul winning in her hundreds, which isn't a bad testimony, is it? So she's, she's then spaking of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem about the Lord Jesus. Um, turn to Acts 13. Just a couple more examples of this. Acts 13. And from verse 1. Now, as in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away so we see fasting and praying as a preparation for great work because we know obviously they they go off after that and the result is they're going off and preaching the gospel all over the place um and just a couple more acts 14 over to acts 14 verse 21 Okay, verse twenty-one. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they turned again. They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antio- and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord, on whom they believed. Okay, so they've ordained elders, they pray and fast and then the result is commending these elders to God to lead the first New Testament churches. So again, they're fasting before a great work about to happen for God. Now, we, we ourselves, we, we, we all want to do great works for God, don't we? And when we're planning on something great for God... Maybe not a bad time to do a fast. Do a fast and pray. And, and, because we want to be full of the Spirit when we're, when we're doing great works for God. And yeah, we should be doing great works for God every day. But there are times aren't there where we're like, right, this is what I'm going to be doing. Or this is a new chapter, a new page, something new happens. Um, Interesting, Mark 9. Now, Jesus had just been on the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah and Moses. And all three of those had done 40-day fasts. So the 40-day fast, let's save the best till last. Um, Turn to Exodus 34. verse 28, this is the second time that Moses is up with the Lord. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments so this is obviously a supernatural fast because to not drink water for 40 days is impossible for anyone so i'm not trying to say try and copy this okay um it's it but during during this moses is communing with the lord and then he's writing the 10 commandments so what a preparation for that um and this is i mean that's an amazing fast that moses does there now but let's have a look at one where where well, again, I'm not saying go out and plan and do a 40-day fast, but we'll see another example of that. Look at First Kings 19. We've got Elijah here. Okay, First Kings 19. And from verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat a drink and went to the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights under Horeb, the mount of God. So now this isn't a planned or necessarily a willing fast. It's a water only fast. So he's able to drink water here. Um, I, I believe here anyway. I know he's given some water before that. But it does say that in, in that meat, in the strength of that meat, he went 40 days. Um, OK, God then speaks to him. And look at verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Mohalah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So again, he he's done this for day fast. He goes on to do a great work for the Lord. Now, let's the the, the best one now is last. So Matthew four, Matthew chapter four. And from verse one, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So here we see again, I think i don't think this is a supernatural fast i think this is a water fast because he's hungry afterwards he he would be thirsty if he'd done 40 days without water he's afterward and hungered i think he's giving us you know the ultimate example here he does this this 40 day fast now he's just been baptized he's then fast for 40 days he has you know the, the the this battle with the devil that we see um And if you're about to do mighty things for God, I mean, what a good time to fast after baptism, because a lot of people suffer, they feel like they're suffering a lot of tribulation after baptism. Okay, and what time to deny the flesh and feed the spirit. Um, And you know, the point of this sermon, so yeah, it's not the most exciting sermon, there's a lot of Bible flicking here, but the point of it is, is there are example after example after example of fasting in the Bible. Now there's fasting with prayer, um, obviously it's all with prayer but and i'm not saying oh it's just all about the fast but we see great things happening from fasting we see we see forgiveness being given by god after fasting and praying and humbling and afflicting our souls we see from fasting and praying we we, we see people being able to deal with massive tribulation and and the result again is these great victories again after fasting and praying. and then we see great works great things for god being done after fasting and praying and like I said how to fast there's many examples aren't there and it doesn't seem to be right well, you fast this way for this or that way for that and again I don't know maybe everyone in it is fasting. I, I like, like we said if they are they should be telling everyone about it I, I, I know that I've suffered with this I've lacked in this many times in my in my in my spiritual walk and my life with, with the Lord and and many maybe there's some people who have never fasted and and with the kids again if you even a daytime fast i'm not talking about young kids here but but as they're starting to get older nothing wrong with trying to do a daytime fast but like i said it's with these right principles so we said there's a variety of lengths but like I said, a water fast is the easiest way to start a fast. Make sure that you're fasting to God. I've done many fasts before for weight cutting and things for competitions. I had nothing to do with God. Now, as a Christian as well, I tried that and I tried to kind of do both together. But it, ain't. it really had nothing to do with God, really. But make sure you're fasting to God. Abstain from a physical relationship with your spouse. It's a solemn thing. Remember that. It's like, don't, don't advertise it. Be sensible with exertion, so be sensible with what you're doing, make sure you're focusing on God, you're in prayer, you're making sure that when you're fasting you're praying as well. Don't get puffed up about it, don't start getting all, you know, full of yourself because you're now fasting regularly or because you're still fasting regularly. And, and of course don't make fasting oaths. But, the reasons like i said reasons for fasting and the reason i went over this is because there're great you know there's great things we can get from it it's a, it's a great weapon number 1 seeking forgiveness number 2 suffering tribulation number 3 serving god now we've been given a great tool in the christian life we've been given a special weapon yeah it's not that it's going to suddenly just be this magic bullet but it will draw you close to god it will make you it will help you to be more in the spirit so let's all remember to use it okay and with that let's pray heavenly father thank you for your word thank you for your examples in your word thank you for your for for the the, the many gifts that you give us and of those thank you for the for the gift of fasting and it's not easy it can be difficult to do for some harder than others but uh, I pray that, that we'll all just just have an open heart to this and go away and want to seek your face more through fasting and prayer and want to do great things for you what want to seek your forgiveness want to seek your want to seek your help in tribulation and and, and, and want to seek doing a, a great work for you we pray that that you'll help us now to go on and do a great work this afternoon and and get get many people saved and and go on with our christian lives and 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 just live for you in jesus name we pray amen Amen.